0: Easy podcast. We are hard at work here out in the All Star game in Denver. We'll have all of the fun breakdowns from that coming up tomorrow on the podcast. But for the time being, we're going to catch up with our friend, NFL Broadcaster, who you can follow on Twitter and Instagram with links in the description to today's episode. Because It's been a little bit, and the last time we talked to him, he was crazy in free agency, and I may or may not have broken the news that Richard Sherman will be signing with the Cleveland Browns. We're still waiting to see the results of that, but we wanted to catch up with him, and you can also check him out on YouTube as well. I forgot about that. We did this on his YouTube Live, uh, and this is the outcome of this wonderful hour that we spent together. So with that being said, let me turn it over to our friend NFL Broadcaster. Um, I use audacity now and then as a, as a recording app when it's just myself, uh-huh. just for some improved audio quality versus zoom. And then a lot of the times I'll just, or a lot of times I'll just open anchor and just start recording and, uh, just talk for 50 minutes or something and then throw it up there. I like anchor that way, just cause you can just, it saves it straight to your files and then you can make it on a podcast. So I use uh-huh. a variety of different things, but. If I'm just talking to myself, it'll be either just Anchor or with uh, with Audacity.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 Audacity. So does Audacity pick up the? Uh, does that would pick up uh, like the desktop audio of someone else?
0: Uh, we don't. But I know that um with the DSD podcast, which I produce and kind of co-host now and then, mm-hmm. um. We'll we'll like overlay our audio tapes. So we'll have like two tracks, we'll talk on the phone, and then mm-hmm. we'll overlay both of the audios. Um, so that it lines up with what we were talking about in the conversation. So Daphne sounds... can give you like two tracks if people are talking on in the same room. Like uh-huh. you can start two recordings, but if you're in different rooms it doesn't exactly work that way.
1: So I've noticed a thing on Anchor. Like when I'm recording on Anchor on my PC. It just says, like, it's, like, up to 30 minutes only. So.
0: Uh, so it's the same thing for me. I know on the phone you can have infinite time. But, yeah, if if a segment goes longer than that, then uh, I'll just, like, stop around, like, 28 minutes and then let it upload and then just press record again and just pick up from where I left off. But yeah, I think it does hmm. only give you 30 minutes on the PC.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah, phone really lets you go forever. I've done like two and a half hour podcasts and two hour mock drafts on the phone before with Anchor, just, just setting it up and doing a, like a conference call like we uh-huh. would do if we used Anchor. So I've done I've done that for like two and a half hours before.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I've been trying to find a way to like do this. So right now I'm, I'm recording in OBS, so I just pressed record a few minutes ago. Um, so I'll once again say, guys, this is Kyle with Take It Easy Podcast. Um, go and give their podcast a follow. Um, I believe they're on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, probably all the platforms. Um, they have, would you say, like six thousand monthly listeners? That's awesome.
0: At about about six thousand uh, on a that's, good month. We could that's get crazy,
1: man. How many uh, How many of you guys are there on this the Take It Easy Podcast?
0: I mean, so I, it's my podcast specifically, but we have, you know, friends that pop on all the time. You're one of them and our buddy Walter and Blake Jude, our NFL draft guy, Uh sports dosage comes on pretty consistently. We talked to recently, we've been talking to our friend who runs the, uh, the house of Phoenix suns page on Instagram a lot, because obviously the suns are making a nice little playoff run um yeah. international correspondent Morgan from Australia we've got a lot of friends that just come on and obviously you're here and there's all kinds of people that stop that's in awesome. and, and if you listen consistently maybe you've grown to to like them a little bit more than uh than you than you did originally like yeah. they, they kind of become characters in this weird show that we have
1: <laughs> yeah oh, that's awesome man that's a uh, that's really cool that's something I've been trying to do on this one is like Cause it gets hard talking to yourself, you know, every time I do a live, a live YouTube stream or a podcast, cause I take the YouTube stream and then I just like, uh, switch the YouTube link to like a MP3 file and then just mm-hmm. upload it as the podcast. But I was like, man, I got to try to get people on the show just to give me something to talk about, you know? And it's hard talking to yourself, uh, especially if the chat isn't as active, <laughs> so
0: (laughs) no i get it and and podcasts are a different medium that way where um, i like doing the live streams i like live streaming games and just talking over them Mm -hmm. um especially on instagram live just because that's where more of a following is if you want to check out our youtube it's comical sports but there's i i'm safe to say there's sparse content that pops up there um it's when i feel like recording something or with our radio show every week but I, I will say that, like, with podcasts, it's a different experience because people are tuning in on their own time. So you see the numbers going up on people listening, but you don't always connect to people. You don't always get people's feedback in real time. Like, on a live show, people might call in, or you can obviously see YouTube comments, but yeah, that's on true. true. It's, it's not quite like that.
1: That's very true. Yeah, that's why, I don't know, I've, like, always been a YouTube guy but it's like, I know how big podcasting is getting. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna try to get the best of both worlds. I'm gonna, cause I know that YouTube is like one of the platforms you get into for success. I mean, even though it's so hard to grow on YouTube, but that's just like something I've been that- been thinking it's...
0: about that a lot recently. I'm glad you brought that up. It's just, um, <laughs> I, I was actually talking to one of my friends, mm-hmm. like my real life friends, not podcast friends about this recently. and. The idea that I had said before that like TikTok was like a niche thing, like some people really enjoy it and other people just kind of phase it out. Now I'm like, oh, I was way behind the curve on TikTok. Like TikTok is the new big social media channel. I know. I I mean, I told myself from the beginning, I'm like, I don't need more social media in my life. I need less social media in my life. Yeah. if TikTok is going to be the new Instagram, then I'll just, I'll, I'm okay. I'll walk away at that point just cause I don't, I don't want to commit the time to it, but, yeah. um, there's different trends that pop up and now like, it's really hard to grow on Instagram, which is why your story is really remarkable that like you went from <laughs> like 5,000 to 23,000 in like a few months man. and yeah. now you're like legitimate, n- not newsbreaker, but news reporter in the uh-huh. industry. And the idea that that happened in the modern Instagram where the market is so saturated on those things is really remarkable. And so, you know, the same, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been great to see it. Like it's, it was so cool to go from like, just knowing you from like 5,000 followers and now you're at like 25,000, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah.
1: It was a, it was hard work. I'm one of those believers that you got to invest to invest or you got to invest to I'm not afraid to invest money to reach my dreams and to you know get things that I want and so I did I purchased like shout outs uh, I tried to get as many like collaborations just reaching out to people last night um, you know that our San Francisco 49ers page he yeah, has the guy.
0: He's got like uh, like two hundred thousand followers or something. Yeah, he's got like page.
1: Yeah, he's got like over one hundred thirty thousand, which is still like a lot. And
0: yeah, yeah, I followed him for a while. That dude's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, he is. He's a nice guy, and I just chatted with him last night, and turned out, you know, I learned that you know he's a doctor. Like well, I didn't know that, <laughs> and like he's just a he's just a good guy, and we just talked for a while. I recorded a podcast, and I'll upload it as a video soon. I mean just like meeting new people and stuff that's something like I've benefited from and you can never grow tired of it it's just something that uh I don't know it's just it's beneficial and like I said I I've I've invested quite a bit of money into trying to grow myself but then eventually it kind of got to where I just started growing by itself I didn't need to invest that much anymore um but I've kind of hit a slump lately once I hit like 23,000 man it's been slow since then
0: let me tell you right now from, uh, from the NFL meme community, which, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm on the fringes. I'm, yeah. I'm like 15 or 16 largest right now, but it's so hard to, to grow anymore. Like I was, wasn't like way ahead of the curve. I was like second on that list. So we're coming up on five years since we created the Instagram. We've only been like really dedicated to it for like three, but it's been five Dang. years since we made it. And I was seeing um, memes of NFL recently. Um, His page is now like the third largest NFL page. He's got like just over 200,000 followers. And he posted like his first meme ever. It was like in 2013. So he was like way ahead of the curve on that. I was like in the second tier of people. And so everyone's been super slow recently because there's just there's not content right now. Like football season is in the the peak oh, of the off season for the last month, so bro, everyone's it's been like so stagnating. Dry. Right
1: yeah, it's like I'm trying to make Instagram posts and it gets ti- very tiring. I'm like, dude, there's just nothing to post about. Like I'll post player stats or something. I'll find something to do, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. And
0: so this is the driest of the dry because there's not even like breaking news stories either. Like news always has some of our biggest posts, um, like non-football season. Even Tim Tebow was like a a huge news story that people cared about, but he's not even like that recently. Like It's just like David DeCastro gets cut every now and then.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tim Tebow was like, that's a name that's always going to get the hype, no matter what. So like that was a big thing for the media. And then, yeah, David DeCastro got cut by the Steelers. And then... They didn't even give it time because like the day after or the same day they signed Tri Turner, I'm like, dude, this is yeah. something you gotta you gotta you gotta stretch this out for us <laughs> you can't sign them right <laughs> away
0: you gotta you you just <sighs> reminded me of a perfect story where we we're doing like mock drafts and talking way too much like we knew what Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields were gonna be in the future, and yeah. it's like six weeks because now the n f l draft is as popular as the actual NFL because people love the transaction sometimes as much as they love the sport Mm -hmm. and one of the funny things that happened was Aaron Rodgers the Schefter news was dropped on draft day at like 12 o'clock it was like an hour before we were going to go on radio and do our draft preview show and then Rodgers dropped I was like Damn, you couldn't have done this any day in the last six weeks, like any day before this, you couldn't have given us like a week's worth of content. It had to be on NFL draft day. I know that, that was Aaron nuts. Rogers dropped the bomb.
1: Yeah, that was nuts. I was like, this literally happened on the, on draft day. Uh, so much, I don't know. They're trying to, I feel like a lot of it is media, but it's like, yeah, like you said, you got to stretch this out. Cause I mean, that's in the off season, one story is a week's two weeks worth of stuff that you got to stretch out. I mean, yeah, yeah it's look repetitive. At what we do with Julio
0: Jones. We took Julio Jones and made it like three weeks of content. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> the fact that you're able to do that is, is good and you got to keep people but, I interested. I mean, he's
0: a future a future Hall of Famer, but for a wide receiver too. We stretched out like three weeks of content out of it. In Goodness the gracious. Man,
1: that's nuts. I just yeah. like the fact that we you have to Find a way to do that in the off season
0: because football is becoming a year round sport. Like the closest thing to it at the very least. Like obviously there hasn't been much in in the last month around football, but it's the closest thing to a year round sport that exists. And you know, i se- I saw ESPN was like talking about Dwayne Haskins on Sports Center. I was like, yeah, th- th- it sells. It keeps content rolling True even in, in dry times. True that.
1: You know, something I, I saw yesterday that was trending uh in the NFL was uh Steelers. I think he's the linebacker. It's Devin Bush. He uh, was,
0: yeah, Devin Bush is the middle linebacker for the Steelers.
1: Okay, yeah, he was trending yesterday, and I was like, okay, let's let's do some research. And uh, I, I was reading a bunch of comments and they're like, Bro, have you seen his Twitter lately? He's like acting weird, and then he posted some cat video. I was like, mm, what's this cat video? So I on Twitter, all I searched was uh Devin Bush cat. And uh, so I was like, okay, let's see what pops up here on Devin Bush cat. And I guess he like retweeted a video of a cat falling like 11 stories. And I was like, oh, that is awful. But like people were like giving him a bunch of hate and just saying he's acting weird. So I was like, I don't know, just like weird. You got to find something that's trending in the NFL.
0: That was the story from like Monday, wasn't it? Where he, he was, he made the TikTok joke and everyone was like, he, he doesn't know, uh, he doesn't recognize who's on his own team. And uh, yeah, Devin Bush is now the guy who we're like, okay, let's talk about him for you know, the next week or something. Cause now people are drawn mm-hmm. to Devin Bush's Twitter over that one TikTok tweet. So yeah, he's like, if you, if you got TikTok, stay the F away from me. If you're a grown man and you got TikTok, yeah. I'm like, dude, aren't Couldn't. you
1: on TikTok or aren't you like making, and like, did you have literally the Steelers locker room is nothing but TikTok and it's so annoying.
0: but (laughs) i I felt kind of weird about that last year because like generally uh one of the great compliments i've got i don't want to like toot my own horn but like one of the great compliments i've gotten was saying that like my memes are too smart sometimes like they're just (laughs) like it takes a second for people to get it yeah because like it it's something that makes sense to me but it doesn't make sense to everyone else yeah i make a joke like um uh like saying that no one knew Derrick Henry was gonna go for two thousand yards until Derrick Henry went for two thousand yards. There was no like build up to it. It was just like, oh shit, he just went for two thousand yards all of a sudden. And so um, you know, it takes some time for people to get jokes. And I I played into the juju stuff when we kind of like yeah. bullied him into submission as a as an NFL like fan base. We all just bullied him into submission last December. But I played into it because it was like Oh, this is too easy like this is too easy of content for people to love like it's it's just the content is simple but you just you gotta take use the it song yeah you just take the song you overlay a video it's just too easy to make and yeah, it, it, i i played into it and i have some regrets about it because we, we the crime was not worth the punishment like the crime of <laughs> of, of <laughs> the crime of ruining sportsmanship or being a bad sport was not worth the 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 vilification that Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool got last year
1: but I don't know it's still though I I when I saw that that tweet from Devin Bush if you're a grown man you got TikTok stay away from me I'm like I don't blame the guy but at the same time, have you not seen you in locker room? And maybe his now, like behind the scenes. What if uh, Juju and Chase Claypool are like having beef with them? Like I can't believe you'd say that. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, you know, we make TikToks and uh now we're offended.
0: Again, to the same point, they gotta they gotta be able to brush that off like that. That can't be that bad. Yeah, Although I feel like there's a difference between offensive and defensive position players within locker rooms. I feel like there's a little bit of a divide to a certain point where they don't interact as much, but yeah, true. I, I don't think this, I don't think this is anything other than just people making a story that is kind of fun. I don't even think the juju thing was really like difficult. It was just something that was just like hanging over the locker room for a while. I don't think anyone really like yeah. went off on that, which by the way, like, We don't don't give Mike Tomlin enough credit for all the shit he's had to put up with for the past, like, three years. Um, Going back to that weird season where Le'Veon held out and Antonio Brown, like, just skipped the last game of the season. Um, He kept that all under wraps for a long time.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm almost thinking that Mike Tomlin's the one who's got a problem, too. Because, like, you got to think, in his locker room, everything just starts falling apart. It's always... You know the Le'Veon Bell situation, the Antonio Brown situation, even you know Big Ben's had some drama through Mike Tomlin as well. Uh, then you got this whole juju stuff and like goofing off in the locker rooms and making stupid TikToks. And I'm like, dude, does this guy not have any control over his players? Though is that you also I go got, the
0: other way? I think that it would be a total dysfunctional mess if not for Mike Tomlin. I feel like these, uh, the, the especially the. When Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bells, like that that weird season where they like almost made the playoffs, but Le'Veon sat the whole year, but then they said he had to come back in week 11, but then he didn't have to come back in week 11, so he sat out the whole year and still got free agency. That whole year, that was also Antonio Brown's last year. Yeah, it was.
1: I don't know, but... I see and it a, like, like
0: everything just unraveled after it had been under wraps for like three years or something. Oh, and the only glimpse that we had got was Antonio Brown live streaming a, a Mike Tomlin post game press conference. Like that was the only like real sign we got that there was something wrong there.
1: I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. That was, a, that was a fun time. Yeah. I don't know. Like Mike Tomlin, he has
1: been one of the best coaches in the NFL, like, you know, for the last decade or over a decade now. But like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I I feel like there's got to be something going on with his coaching and his control over the players in the locker room that things aren't going the way they should. Does that make sense? Like, why does the why is it the Steelers who have always got the issues? Like, the, the Steelers locker room
0: recently. Yeah. Oh, in the locker room. I feel like these are like three different cases. One, you have the Big Ben thing, which was one thing before. And now it's just Big Ben won't go away. And yeah, he's just he's he's allowed a lifetime contract basically, even though it's been like two years since he was a starting quarterback in the NFL, and now his arms <laughs> shot. Um, last year, we tormented him by calling him Jimmy Garothesberger, uh, and that that did not. This was when they were like eleven and zero, and like you know everyone thought they were going to the Super Bowl. I was like, they're going to the Super Bowl with with Jimmy Garothesberger at quarterback. Then he threw like four picks in the last game of the season. I just felt so vindicated. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell y'all, only Alex Smith threw fewer yards per pass attempt than Big Ben, and Big Ben had like five more interceptions than Alex Smith, and. It, All of it felt like it was just falling apart. And, yeah, Big Ben should have had – we actually looked this up the other day on Mm -hmm. Football Outsiders, so shout out to them. Um, Big Ben led the league in passes that should have been intercepted but didn't get intercepted. So he had 10 on the season, but he should have had 20 interceptions on the season last year just because of drops or uh, missed uh, coverages by Missed opportunities,
1: yeah. I've seen yeah. I've seen stats like that before. Um and you know some some other stat that I've seen pop up in like the last two seasons was like a I forget the name of it. It was like big big throw completions or something. I'm like, "What do you consider a big big time throw?" And like Tom Brady was leading that category, and I was like, "What?" I don't yeah, know. It does
0: seem it does seem strange because Tom Brady, he does make big throws, but I don't think he makes more big throws than anyone else in the sport. I I don't think that when I think of Tom Brady, I think of winning a lot more than everyone else, but I don't think of like he makes like prime time big plays more than anyone else. Well, I know he's like, he's not,
1: not that he's not a great quarterback, but he doesn't, he's not known for launching it 40, 40 yards downfield to an open receiver. You know, he's just like a dump pass kind of guy. Uh,
0: Yeah, especially now that, you know, he makes plays that he used to, but his body, you know, betrays him a little bit. It's why he threw, like, so many interceptions at the start of the year, even though he was also unlucky in the interception stats. Like, almost every one of his interceptable balls did get intercepted last year. Still, like, it was like, oh, I'm going to throw this out route to, to Mike Evans, but my body tells me one thing and my arm is like, you know... 10% 10% less than what it was and then oh now pass is intercepted going back the other way kind of thing so especially now yeah, you true. don't see a lot of deep balls from tom brady except that one time that scotty miller just burned the entire packers defense and don't get me made started me, made me realize oh. yeah, that's... <laughs> dude are you do you have youtube pulled up I, I do indeed have the YouTube yeah, up right all right, now. So I see I see your hands in your head just, just very sad right now.
1: This is my, my baby, my Packers helmet here. I'm a Green <laughs> Bay Packers fan and I can't tell you how
0: tragic that game was. Gosh, yeah, man. I, I remember uh I remember that pass <sighs> happening and in that moment I was like yeah. oh, damn they're going to win. Like, the Bucks are going to win this game that I said there was no chance they could win. <laughs> that I said was like, you know, Packers by a 1,000 in that game. And I was like, oh, damn, they're going to win this game. Typical damn, Packers
1: defense, it cool. bro. just falls apart. They have all the talent on that roster and the defense. But it's just like the fact that they don't have a defensive – I mean, like – I don't know they just never have a good defensive coach and now they got this Joe Barry guy and I'm like he does not have a good track record even though he's had helped coach one of the top defenses in the NFL for the last few years but it's like I don't I'm just not I don't know man
0: I don't know either. Like the Packers are obviously talented on defense. And and I think getting Preston Smith out of there is going to be a a plus for y'all. Like I think Rashawn Gary is like a ridiculous like star player in the making. Like that dude is unbelievably good. He just hasn't like gotten all the opportunities yet. He took a huge Um, step
1: up this this last season. For sure. Yeah, for
0: sure. Like I, I think he is a legit star in the making, like breakout candidate next year, per se. Um, I know he kind of had a breakout year last year, but now since Smith is gone, like he is he's gonna start like every snap basically for the Packers at at outside linebacker. So they they yeah. have the pieces on defense, but I don't I don't know how you put it together. And I think they're probably still like the team in one of the best teams in the NFC like one of the three best teams in the NFC on paper I just don't on know paper. how it comes together this year for them
1: yeah I, that's that's how I feel every single year though is because they're so untrustworthy especially on the defensive side of the ball it's like year after year they just choke man it's like their defense that either can't stop a pass or or they can't stop a run, or they can play extremely well for a game, and then the next game they just let up 200 yards rushing, like that NFC Championship game against the 49ers a couple of years ago, and then the game against the Bucks, the NFC Championship game against the Bucks last season. I mean,
0: we're like night and day in the way they got beat. Like it was like big runs for the 49ers to just pick you apart, and then for Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay just like other than taking advantage of the turnover in the first half just ran you to death the entire game just I'm just surgically you. surgically picked you guys apart towards the end but for the Niners it was all about big plays let me ask you a question actually were you surprised yeah. when Aaron Jones went back to the Packers because I had thought that AJ Dillon's draft pick that was what they were preparing for like AJ Dillon I thought was the best running back in that class and he had 150 yards against the Titans in like week 16 so I was I was stunned when they re-signed Aaron Jones after last season
1: okay so this is what I'll say about the Aaron Jones situation am I surprised mm, I mean I am but I'm not um, considering he took a pay cut like not a pay cut but he took a lower contract offer uh What, four years? Reportedly, though. Like, it was
0: reported that the Dolphins offered, like, 15 a year and that he signed for, like, 12 a year with the Packers.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's what I have to say about that. He would not be coming back if he knew Aaron Rodgers was leaving Green Bay. You know? I don't think... So, I think he knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. Otherwise, a lot of the players that they have re-signed wouldn't be back. And I think they have full faith in Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not surprised that he came back. Um, and, yeah, it was reported that Dolphins had made a higher offer. But it was also reported that Aaron Jones loves Green Bay and he loves the team. Um, they And I'm not surprised because they knew that Jamal Williams was going to leave. They knew they couldn't re-sign him that, and he should get a starting opportunity elsewhere. They knew that A.J. Dillon was a rookie, so they still have a couple years left on his rookie contract. Uh, and I knew that AJ Dillon was going to be like a stud, and watching him blow up that game was amazing. Um, I don't know. I guess it was surprising for Jones to come back, but it also wasn't because, like, I, I don't know. Do you, do you, does that make any sense? Like,
0: yeah, no, I I get what <sighs> you're saying there, and yeah, I, I just assumed that the whole process was about like turning over to AJ Dillon and not paying top ten money for a running back and that's
1: true It that yeah. is unlike green bay green bay doesn't usually do something like that especially for a running back or receiver position you know they don't they don't really pay top yeah. tier money for it for that um, like it's
0: not not disrespectful to aaron jones but i feel like i can name seven to ten running backs that i would prefer over aaron jones at least now like aaron jones might get better with age and break the running back trend, but there's also a scenario where Aaron Jones becomes a really bad contract for the Packers and any team. But, like, it's it yep. was just kind of surprising. I was like, I thought the whole point of this was to, like, have A.J. Dillon be the number one and then go get, like, a, a James White or something or someone who's just a pass catching back.
1: Yeah, 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 that is weird. But, you know, since I think Aaron Jones is, like, what, 26, 27 years old? Maybe he's older than that. Um, oh, he is? Oh. I don't know. I think he's like 26 or 27. Let me look.
0: See, By the way, Jamal Williams is a Lion. I didn't even know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he signed with the Lions, man. Uh, let's see. Aaron Jones will turn 27 on December 2nd. Um, okay,
0: so he's 26, about to be 27. Mm-hmm.
1: So he'll be – and he signed a four-year contract. He'll probably be heading into his age 31 season, I think, on his last year in Green yeah. Bay. And I think that, and you know how running backs usually have a shorter career. I think that they knew this, the Packers knew this, and they know the risk behind it. And that's why they didn't offer him $15 million per year. And they made sure Aaron understood that, like, we really want you in Green Bay, but we're going to offer you four years, $48 million. And I think that Aaron took that deal knowing that he was going to have the best quarterback in the league coming back. arguably the best quarterback in the league. You know, there's uh, lots of arguments about that. But Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm just saying he wouldn't come back unless he knew this team was going to be competing because he could have made better money elsewhere. Um, I think he loves it. Also,
0: let's note that, um, courtesy of sporttrack.com, that this contract is a four-year deal, but in actuality the Packers can get out of it with a $6.5 million cap hit um oh. after two years and 21 million dollars so the Packers can theoretically get out of the contract in two years um and only pay like 10 and a half mil a year
1: see that's smart that's very smart if for some yeah. reason he just shuts down and does not play well I mean there you go that's yeah, the a way Packers out of it
0: have, the Packers have a contingency plan in there which makes it even stranger that he didn't take the Dolphins offer if they can get out of the deal in two years and only pay like six and a half million in dead cap then it makes it even more shocking that Aaron Jones didn't take the four-year deal from the Dolphins
1: okay so that's what that actually proves or supports my point more he would not come back with a contract like that if he knew that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be there if he knew that he didn't have a chance at a Super Bowl I don't think he'd come back like
0: oh yeah for sure
1: I don't know I just think that the players know what's going on but they're just letting this ride out you know this is Aaron's life it's his drama they're just gonna let him deal with it Um,
0: the franchise is a stalemate right now Aaron said I want to leave they said tough luck and now they're just both at a standoff and you know, at, you know, two in the afternoon today, at least where I am, two in the afternoon that Aaron Rodgers is going to play the match on TNT and I want to see if he does something stupid um, or does something <laughs> that, that sets Twitter on fire because he's like, oh, screw the Packers or you know, wears an I'm offended t-shirt or whatever it is like, you know, I, I just want to see if he does something like that.
1: I read something that like Aaron Rodgers didn't want any of this stuff going public, but it did. I think this whole frustration issue, like he wanted people to know he's frustrated with the Packers, and I don't blame him because, I mean, obviously I'd be frustrated too. If you look at what Tom Brady does in Tampa Bay, he's like, I want these players around me. Coach, you do this, I'll get you Super Bowl. Aaron wants that. So obviously he's he's offended and he's frustrated with the Packers, and he didn't opt out. That's the thing. I don't see him leaving green Bay because even though he's, he's frustrated with the team, it's not, I've read that he didn't want the stuff going public. Somehow like the frustrations, you know, got leaked and then people blow it out of proportion. So he's just like, okay, I'll just ride along with it. That just helps prove my point more. And yeah, he's just there's living his life
0: there. It's not like there's nothing there. Right. Yeah. There. I mean, he's
1: definitely frustrated. Um, but I don't think it was to the point where, like, he's he didn't demand a trade, he didn't request a trade. There was reports saying that he would have accepted the trade to the 49ers. Um, but you know, that's just rumors. Like, I don't at this point, you know, I don't who knows what's true and what's not true. Um, but I just don't see like Aaron Jones wouldn't have stayed if he knew Aaron Rodgers was going to leave, like, he trusted him. And I think that. I just, you know, the things for the Packers, the players that they're re-signing, working on an extension with Devontae Adams. I believe they're working on an extension with uh, Zadarius Smith as well. They're going to have to re-sign Zaire Alexander, I think, after this year. I think mm-hmm. they're working on all of that, knowing that Aaron Rodgers will be back, hopefully. <laughs> that's just the good, uh, <laughs> that's the the mindset I'm trying to have to make it all make sense in my head, but...
0: Yeah. No, I get that. And the good part is like, there's, there's a lot of reason to be frustrated. I can go down a list of a decade of betrayals beginning with just everything. Mike McCarthy, just everything. Mike McCarthy was a betrayal. It was there five years too long, man.
1: Five years too long. It
0: took, it took them losing with Aaron Rodgers at home to Josh Rosen to finally be like, okay, that's, that's enough. Um, (laughs) We, we have, we can't fall any further. We can't fall any further that poor guy dude
1: he's done everything he can for that team he's put it all on his back and and,
0: and to the point on Rodgers like i don't think he wanted the the rumors going out that he wanted a trade I, I the 49ers one made no sense when they said like they offered the 3 pick and other compensation like jimmy g and the third pick for aaron rodgers i'm like yeah. that makes that makes no sense because they technically already have their quarterback so yeah, Jimmy G might start but are they going to draft like Kyle Pitts with the 3rd pick in the draft? Like n- none of it made sense. And so I don't I don't think he wanted to get it out there, but I also I knew even when people were talking about hey, Aaron Rodgers can have an opt out and get 20 million dollars fully guaranteed. Um I knew that wasn't going to happen because that felt like folding, like in in card terms, like it felt like you were just folding your hand if you opted out and retired for the season. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers, at coming off of an MVP, doesn't hate the Packers so much that he's going to retire. Like, no, absolutely this is not. not. It's not that. And going anything. into
1: your age thirty eight season, what kind of quarterback would do that? Like, you don't have that many years left. Why would you waste one just? I'm so frustrated with the team. I'm just going to not play. You know, he's not going to hold out.
0: Uh, Ooh, that's interesting though, because I do think he, I do think he'll sit out into camp. I think he will sit out into August and maybe September, but at least August. I but think he'll he's definitely gonna he'll start out.
1: week one. That's how I see it. I mean, he doesn't have to say, show up.
0: <laughs> I would say I'm about. 80% sure he starts week one for the Packers, and he might he might do an Emmitt Smith thing. So back in the 90s, Emmitt Smith sat out a season after a Super Bowl, and the, the Cowboys started 0-2, and then Jerry Jones caved and gave him the largest contract extension of any running back in NFL history, and he was back, and they went on a crazy run that year. I think they lost in the NFC Championship, but... He, might, he could sit out maybe one, maybe two games. I'd say like 80% sure he'll start week one, but maybe he sits out like two or three games. Just and he's like,
1: uh, all right, you guys want to draft Jordan Love? Fine, play him, see how you do. You know, that <laughs> might be how he, he takes it. And yeah. they'll be like, all right, Aaron, we need you back, please. <laughs> what do we need to do to get you on the field?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's and, a good uh, point. Yeah, again... Not not saying that's gonna happen. I'm saying like 80% sure he'll be the Packers starter week one. Like he will he will eventually lose this like stare down with management, I think. Cause I don't I don't think he's ready to make it ugly. Like I don't think he's gonna make because you can get out right now if you're willing to make it ugly and make things awkward with the organization. Yeah. You you can get out. I just don't think Aaron wants to make things ugly right now. He just wants to be very cool and calculated, which, you know, has kind of been Aaron Rodgers' whole career. It's just calculated moves. The dude is smart. I mean, he's a genius. Um, He protects the brand very well. He protects the Aaron Rodgers brand very, which, to be honest, the Aaron Rodgers brand isn't very much, but he, he protects it very well with cool, calculated decisions.
1: Well, he's been labeled as, like, a diva his entire career, and I think he's just, like... You know, last season, it looked like he was having more fun. He had a... He had a uh smile on his face, you know, every time he played. And yeah. It, it just like in this off season, it's like he didn't seem to care. Like he's like fine, you know, I'm just going to go and chill with my new fiance and enjoy my off season and I don't know, you know yeah, what I mean? He, like he's like I'm oh, just not going to oh, let this absolutely. go to my head.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Aaron Rodgers Reason Aaron Rodgers gets labeled as a diva at times is because he is more outspoken than what we're used to. Like he's not not out there all the time, but he put himself out more than Tom Brady, who never says anything interesting. And he put himself out more than Drew Brees, who never says anything interesting. And for him coming from that same line of quarterbacks, he's just more interesting than those guys. He's not that interesting in general, but he's just more interesting than what we were used to. Yeah. Quarterbacks going and doing fun interviews and, you know, chugging beers and pulling up in the back of pickup trucks after the NFC championship game and things. Yeah. Like and that. like
1: going, uh, the, the whole entire MVP season, he was on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. Yeah, that's a good and one. Like, I mean, he was doing that throughout the season and he won the MVP. Like, how cool is that to have the same quarterback on your podcast every single week? <clears throat> no. And then he just gets better and better and better and wins the MVP. Like, yeah. And then you is. ask him, like, dude, like, you just won the MVP. Like, I don't know. He he was just so yeah. much happier this off this, this entire season or last season. Think
0: Yeah, I think so. Look at look at his life. He's got it. He's now going to get married. He's. Aaron Rodgers who wants to parlay being the greatest quarterback to ever pick up a football into hosting a game show, which is, you know, interesting. Um, yeah. he, he's, you know, for 38 years old, he's coming to the twilight of his career. He's got a great team. Like, I mean, I know that it ended in heartache, but they had a great team, maybe the best team since 2011 that the Packers have had the one mm-hmm. that went 15 and one and lost to the giants. Um, <laughs> they've got a great team like of course life should have been awesome for roger and then it just like 180 flipped that's why
1: that's why i'm thinking so much of it is just media like i'm sure he was frustrated with the the front office and management and he was having conversations but i think something got leaked and it was totally blown blown out of proportion um and and then he's
0: championship game did it Yeah. yeah i think that i think that he had fun that year but it doesn't distract from the fact that one, you kind of cost him the NFC championship, and two, you drafted Jordan Love over him and communicated that, like, you were going to move on from him at some point. Like, communicated that that was ultimately the plan. Because yeah. the thing with Jordan Love that's interesting is that he would be the first quarterback since Aaron Rodgers be drafted in the first round and not play in his first two seasons. Like, not start a game in his first two seasons. That's so, true like usually when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you anticipate that within by two years, they will end up being the starting quarterback at some point. Like they would at least find the field in some way. So, um, yeah, I think there was an anticipation that he was probably going to be
1: moved. I still can't believe they drafted a quarterback. It's... But okay. Well, so, so yeah, sorry. Uh, I talked to an, an a Packers podcast guy. Um, I forget exactly what he messaged me. He told me some stuff he told me that I can't say. So I don't know, you know, how much of it is true. But this is what he said um, that he thinks the mindset was. He goes, coming off of the 2019 season, it looked as if Aaron was starting to decline a little bit because they still had a lot of talent around him. So they drafted Jordan Love on the fly because he was available at the spot they liked. He says he thinks they drafted him on the fly not knowing what Aaron was going to do the next year and knowing that they'd have four years of a rookie contract. They could always try to trade Jordan Love away knowing that he would be coached and mentored by one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. So I don't know he had it was like in, in a bunch of DMs he sent me like a mindset through a coach and I was like dang that actually makes sense and yeah. but I I would have to like scroll through a bunch of messages to find it but like yeah it, stuff it made sense saying, at the
0: time right like the Rodgers move made sense at the time not like sense where we're like we all like laughed at it like it was it was idiotic but it was for um, sure idiotic it was defendable it was defendable at the very least where you could see what they were thinking where they were better last year when Aaron Rodgers was a game manager. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers had to take over in games, they ended up like losing at home to the Eagles. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I and remember that one. That was painful. <laughs> I think it was on like, Thursday Night Football, too. Like, that made it even worse. It was like, kind of a primetime game. They but lost to Wentz, yeah, man. The... Yeah. Yeah. Wentz. Oh, Carson. It's going to be such a weird season this year. It but, is. Yeah. Uh, to that point, like you could see you could see it starting to change. And obviously you had a new front office and a new coach that sometimes want to pick their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, they've been pivoting. Like they've been they've been shopping Jordan Love. They've been committed to at the very least a contract extension maybe for Aaron Rodgers. Like that it's it's not like they don't realize, oh, we kind of messed up, but they did trade up to get a quarterback. And Yeah, they did. It's it's someone who like like, you, we don't hear a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, Jordan Love is amazing. Like, Jordan Love is fantastic. Like, Jordan Love seems like, yeah, he's okay. Like, yeah. he's pretty good. Not good. Not great. Like, we, we haven't heard, like, in camp, everyone's like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. Like... Uh, I just remember that happening with Dak Prescott. Everyone was like, yo, this guy's like a fourth-round pick, but he plays like a four-year veteran already. And then he obviously became Dak Prescott when Tony Romo broke his back. But Yeah, he did. You, know, you, don't, you don't hear a lot of that from Jordan Love.
1: No, you hear like, uh, he's progressing. Uh, he needs to work on a lot of fundamentals, though, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, was this guy really worth trading up for? I mean, you took a guy in the first round. You traded up for a quarterback in the first round. Who would have been available in the second or third, I think. But it's whatever.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I think the reasoning was they were afraid the Saints were going to take him at 27, which is why they traded up to 26. But even then, like, like Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Like Jalen Hurts is a backup quarterback. And, well, he can be a starting quarterback with the right circumstances, but the Eagles are going to suck next year. Um, but Jalen Hurts... Absolutely. Hertz is a backup quarterback and and that's okay. If you're going to invest a second round pick in a backup quarterback, it's actually becoming a smarter option now. Like if you're going to invest that second round pick but they gave up first and a third round pick in a draft where the last year coming off of an NFC championship and Aaron Rodgers becoming the MVP, the only draft pick from 2020 that gave them snaps in the playoffs was 7 AJ Dillon snaps in their two playoff games. So that's the part where it's like, oh, you <laughs> didn't get any help. like Not even like yeah. seven snaps of a backup running back. That's what you got in the draft coming yeah. off of an NFC championship. That's game.
1: very true. That's very true. Otherwise, I mean, it looks like a pointless pick. Like you just wasted a first run pick because by the time Aaron hangs his cleats up, his Jordan loves rookie contracts likely over. You know, that's why I it's think.
0: Like, yeah, it's like Garoppolo all over again.
1: That's true. And I don't know.
0: I I'm just
1: like I'm just dumbfounded and I think that's what, you know, some of Aaron's frustrations are for sure. Um. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, I let's see. The Packers are in a weird place there. And uh you know, Gutenkust and uh Lefleur are kind of in a weird place Lefleur I don't know if you noticed yes, Lefleur uh you gotta say it like (laughs) like it just ends after the l (laughs) lift
1: you ever seen a uh dodgeball ben stiller's like suck on that lefleur
0: and then the mike lefleur is now the offensive coordinator for the jets so you got two lefleurs uh i love doing that um lefleur um I don't know if you noticed he he felt like he was getting kind of predictable towards the end of the season and that's where I'm like oh now he's in year 3 so now this is the time where you have to start evolving. Like that's the one thing I give Sean McVay credit for for being the wonder kid child who went to the Super Bowl with Todd Gurley. Um Sean yeah. McVay has totally evolved himself across the last 2 years and it makes me realize oh he's going to be a coach for the next like 30 years in the NFL. Because he's he's totally evolved his his schemings. Even though last year they had shortcomings because of the quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they were twentieth in scoring last year. But he's told he's evolved like three different times in totally changing how he runs the offense. Um, with based on who he has. So that's where Lefleur Lefleur Le kind yeah. of in that situation now. Yeah, it's like oh, you were kind of predictable after you know two years. People kind of figured out how to stop you. So. How do you change it up with basically the same team with, you know, Rodgers, Adams, Jones, Robert Tanyan, and as I like to call them, Equinemius Valdez, Scantling Brown, Jr.?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're basically useless. I don't think there's even – there's not even, to me, a solid wide receiver, too, on on the Packers. You know, I don't – Alan Lazard I don't think is –
0: I was about to say, not a Devin Funches fan?
1: I mean, he opted out on the year he signed with us. I mean, what a... St- I don't
0: know. I mean, he, he wasn't didn't look great good. before, but yeah, I don't know. It's, he's a depth. At least it looks like a wide receiver, too. No,
1: nah, I think he's depth. Um, I don't even think he'll... He might start as a wide receiver, too, this season, but I don't think he's going to end up that way. Uh, I just think that... I like the Am- Amari Rodgers pick, but the fact that they still didn't pick a wide receiver in round one this year just pissed off Aaron Rodgers more and more. He's hey, like, I
0: actually think th- I think that one's okay. Like, th- I I understand passing on wide receivers in the first round because wide receiver best wide receivers are at the very top of the draft. Like usually it's easy to tell, but you can get a lot of like third round, <laughs> second round, fourth round gems at wide receiver. It's one of those For positions sure. where. You can, you can find some gems later in the draft.
1: You can find gems in undrafted people and and uh, yeah. drafted wide receivers. <laughs> Adam Thielen. Uh, oh, shoot. There's undrafted running Hyreek backs.
0: Tyreek was a, a fifth-round pick there. Um, yeah. There's a, uh, Antonio Brown was a sixth-round pick. Um, True that. Ian Allen, third-round pick. But then a lot of them are like, you know, Amari Cooper, third pick. Julio Jones, six um Odell 13 Mike Evans 13 like there's a lot of like top of the draft guys too but you you can get some studs late in the draft too uh, even Devontae Adams like mm-hmm. Devontae Adams was a second round. he was pick. a
1: second round pick and they expected him to be good in his first two seasons he sucked but he stepped yeah. it up man Did-
0: feel like see, I did this research during the season last year, so I kind of remember. I think DeAndre Hopkins was late first. I think he was like twenty seven or something in the draft. Where did um, Hopkins so, play?
1: Was he at Clemson? Yeah, or... he was at
0: Clemson with um I think he got one year with no, he was before Watson. So he was with uh Taj Boyd, I think, was his quarterback. I only know who um, that was. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> this is these were the early Dabo days at Clemson, where they were they were playing in the uh the Little Caesars Bowl, and they were playing in the uh the Music City Bowl, and winning like oh seven eight gosh. games a year. Yeah, yeah the, no. the, well, did... and the magical year that could have foretold a lot with Clemson, where the year before they went to the championship in twenty fifteen, they played in like the Russell Athletic Bowl in 2014 and they won like 51 to zero <laughs> and oh it kind gosh. of foretold that that's what the team was gonna be it was like oh this team is way too good to be in the russell athletic bowl and then they ended florida state it happened to be when Jameis winston was at florida state too so they lost a few winston
1: games was a stud at florida state i will say that they were such a great team and then after he, winston was drafted florida state fell apart i know that dalvin cook oh, yeah, was there yeah. but uh
0: I can tell you oh. I can tell you the moment that it all fell apart and it was a uh it was a college game day
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was uh, uh the game was at noon but they brought college game day there because it was two top 10 teams in the country and I watched college game day and then I went and did something for an hour like probably went outside and played football for a bit or whatever it was yeah and I came back it was like 9 40 and it was Louisville 21 Florida State zero and Lamar Jackson was just cooking Florida State oh, on primetime at college game day I was like oh my lord this dude is unbelievable it's Lamar it huh was- was the game that sprung Lamar Jackson to the MVP and basically ended Florida State like that point forward it was over for Florida State because now Clemson's better than you and you've just gotten absolutely destroyed by Lamar Jackson and it just all fell apart after that because they play in the same division of the ACC and
1: Louisville was never like a I mean they may have broke top 10 a few times but they kept losing you know they were just like
0: they're they're like a
1: high scoring offense but they never had a defense they weren't like competitive with the SEC and everything so and he's I will still say on the highs. They were,
0: they were fifth in the country. They got up to fifth in the okay. country and they played number three Clemson. It's like in, in like early November. And it was like fourth and goal at the two yard line. They were down six points with like a minute left. And they had fourth and goal at the two. And Lamar got stopped like a half yard short of a touchdown. So they were like a half yard away from going to the championship that year. But then after they lost that game, I think they lost to like Kentucky and then oh. finished like eight and four or something like it after they lost that game at number five, like they just lost like two games in a row after that. And one of them was the Kentucky. So they're the MVP, team. but <laughs> gosh, man, that's, rough. you know, I think Benny Snell was there. Maybe, maybe that was the Benny Snell year, like right before they won I think they beat Penn State in a bowl game one year, but this was mm. this was still when Kentucky was like like seven, eight wins a season. Like they weren't they weren't great that year, and they beat Lamar Jackson at the end of the season.
1: I thought they got less than that, honestly.
0: It could be. I <laughs> my timelines of Kentucky football are off right now. I'm not not a huge Kentucky football guy, but my, I, my timelines are off.
1: I don't know who is a big Kentucky football fan. I don't know if I've uh, met anyone.
0: Definitely my buddy Blake. He comes on the podcast quite regularly. He's our NFL draft guy. He's from Ohio Kentucky border, so grew up Kentucky basketball, oh my Kentucky football. Gosh. I know more so, about
1: Kentucky basketball than I do Kentucky football.
0: Yeah, Kentucky um, football hasn't been good until just recently and that one magical season where they had um what was his name? Tim Couch and uh was it um the air raid offense in the SEC. It's like other than that, Kentucky football's yeah. just kind of been yeah, they, just kind of been there.
1: Then did they uh, who did they hire? Uh isn't les Miles there? Or is he with Kansas or somewhere les like
0: Miles that? Less Miles was with Kansas and then he got fired over the sexual harassment thing going on at LSU. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, Les Miles is gone. By the way, Less Miles won Three games in two seasons at Kansas, I want to say. So even he couldn't have broken the Kansas Are you curse at this point. Yeah, I've done multiple podcasts on just how funny Kansas football has been across the last decade. It's been truly unbelievable. From when they won the Orange Bowl with uh, Mark Mangino as their coach and one of the funniest photos I've ever seen is uh Mark Mangino at the the Orange Bowl and him being fatter than the Orange Bowl mascot, which is genuinely unbelievable <laughs> that he's more round than the Orange Bowl mascot. But um yeah, no, ever since then Kansas has been just really bad.
1: Yeah, I get I I get Kansas and Kentucky football mixed up sometimes. I'm like, there's they're both so just I mean, I think Kentucky's better. Uh, Kentucky's FL4.
0: good now Kentucky Kentucky's good now they won the um the unofficial seventh bowl game a couple of years ago with Josh Allen and Benny Snell the um what's it called the I think it's the it's the one they play in Orlando is it still called the Citrus Bowl or is it like the Buffalo Wild Wings bowl now or something I don't know. I
1: couldn't tell you I really couldn't
0: uh it's one of those but you know how there's like six new year six games it's like the unofficial seventh one they play on new year's day but they won that game a couple years ago and they were like they got one game against georgia to win the sec east like if they won that game they would have won the sec east and georgia kicked their ass because it's georgia yeah (laughs) but they were one game away from winning the sec east
1: that's interesting
0: i didn't know that man
1: yeah i know they did a little better last season but i didn't know that
0: so yeah, they're, they're coming around a little bit, and they had Lynn Bowden, who fought the entire Virginia team at a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, was, that was a fun
1: one. Patricia Newby in the chat. Uh, she probably commented this a while ago, but Patricia, if you're still here, I apologize about the late reply. Uh, how How do you feel about Richard Sherman? Plus, I love the Saints. So, are you asking if Richard Sherman's going to go with the Saints? I covered this yesterday. I believe that Richard Sherman is taking offers from other teams to get the 49ers to offer him a higher deal. Uh, I still have uh, the 49ers landing Richard Sherman, in my opinion. Uh okay. Kyle, what do you think?
0: I've been following the Richard Sherman story recently, and... Um... I remember we were talking about this before, and I unofficially, officially broke the news on our podcast that Richard Sherman was going to sign with the Cleveland Browns. So if he does sign with the Cleveland Browns, what? then I still get to, I still get to. Uh, yeah, it was when you were on and we were talking about Richard Sherman, and I said, you know what? I'm going to declare it right here that Richard Sherman is going to sign with the Cleveland Browns with no knowledge of anything. I'm just going to say Richard Sherman is going to sign with the Cleveland Browns. If that um,
1: happens, I'll. I'll give you a high five because that's yes. all I have to so, offer, but <laughs> that would no, be insane. With, uh,
0: no, with nothing, uh, nothing going on on that front. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't know what Richard Sherman is anymore, which is kind of interesting because I know he was pretty good two years ago. And obviously people make the jokes that the, the chiefs just kept going after him in the super bowl. Yeah. Um, but. I just don't know what he is anymore. I haven't been following the rumors as closely as you have, but he's injury face, prone. That's what I say. I do know that. Like I, I know that from you know having injuries last year, and obviously tearing his Achilles with the Seahawks. Which you know, for for having the position be a lot of backpedaling, a torn Achilles can kind of be detrimental to your explosiveness. But yeah, um. No, I mean the Saints kind of just want talent, right? The Saints kind of just want pieces. They don't really care how they fit together. They'll just take anyone in any room, everyone and anyone at this point. So I, that could be interesting, even if I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, I, I Saints, don't know.
1: I just don't see him going to the Saints. I, if Richard, at this stage of Richard Sherman's career, he wants a Super Bowl, and I don't think the Saints are going to get a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. Uh, at least not, you know, this year. So I think the 49ers gave him the best opportunity. Out of the teams that he's been considering, I think it's still the 49ers.
0: Yeah, unless he wants to do like a Josh Norman thing and like go to cold Buffalo for a year. But I don't know if he wants to do that at this point. But um, yeah, Richard Sherman's Richard Sherman's going to be all right here. And the 49ers are fine. Like someone... I mean, the forty ers I think, are good, but someone's got to lose ten games in that division. I don't know who it's going to be right now. Could be anyone. I don't think it's going to be the Rams, but it could be anyone in that division losing ten games.
1: That's true. I mean, it's a tough, tough division.
0: Uh, I think it'll be the Cardinals.
1: That's the same division, right? NFC. Yeah, the
0: same division. Uh, yeah. Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, forty ers I have, I have.
1: If anyone's going to lose ten games, I have it being the Cardinals or uh, Seattle.
0: Yeah, that's those are the ones that I say, and maybe the 49ers if things really go south, but they've got that uh, they've got that Trey Lance card in their back pocket. Even though I think Trey Lance should be starting Week One, I don't know if he is going to start Week One, but nah. they've always got that waiting in their back pocket.
1: I think Jimmy G is going to be starting, but I told Raj last night of uh, that San Francisco 49ers page.
0: I said I see
1: uh, Lance starting by midseason season just because yeah. like their offense isn't going to be where they want it to be, like they'll probably be winning, but their offense is like ranked twentieth to twenty fifth because just because they're not like an explosive team. And I think Lance is going to give them that like spark of running mobility and big slinging arm. You know what I mean?
0: That's the reason they got him in the first place was just because he can do things that Jimmy G can't. Presumably, they're hoping he mm-hmm. can do things Jimmy G can't. I think he's going to provide.